Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey there, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Hey, did you have a good weekend? Great. That's, Great weekend. That's good to hear. I hope. Yeah. I hope. When this airs, I don't know, that weekend may not have been very good, but this last weekend has been very good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I know it's going to be a great week for us because we're going to be talking about the Word of God, talking about the Psalms. Psalm 6. All right. Psalm 6. Let's talk about it. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you... O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you. In Sheol, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My eye wastes away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. Wow. I got to tell you, sometimes there's some things I read in the Bible that uh, scare me a little bit and yes. maybe yes. maybe shake up my view of things. I, I had a friend uh, who was telling me a story about um, he was uh, um, visiting around some different uh, churches looking for a new church home. This has been a number of years ago. And uh, visiting and being in an adult Bible class and the teacher threw out the question, um, tell me something you know about God. What does the Bible say something about God? And my friend said, well, the Bible says God is a jealous God. And he said, Andrew, you would not believe the reaction in the room. And uh, he said, you could hear a pin drop. One person gasped. Nobody (gasps) said anything for a moment. (laughs) And afterwards, one of the people wanted to correct me. How could you say that about God? How could you say that he's jealous? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, that I, I'm not the one saying it. That interaction uh, helped him to see that that church was really not the one where he was going to be. <laughs> but it, he was actually stunned. He's like, here I am in an adult Bible class and a statement that God is a jealous God is, I don't know, news to them or so repulsive they wouldn't they wouldn't speak to it. They wouldn't admit it. Um, you know, and I, and I, don't, I don't know the room and where all the people are coming from. But I will say this, that when you read, God is a jealous God. That can be disconcerting. When I read or hear you read here in Psalm 6, God is angry. That's also a very frightening thought. And yet the Bible says. The Bible says it. I I, I saw a billboard recently that somebody paid money to make sure they could put on a billboard, God is not angry. Somebody paid money for that? Well, I'm assuming well, they paid I guess money you, for there that. There aren't it's free billboards, billboards, are there? Yeah, they're they're, they're not free. That's right. They, there's no billboard company out there that's putting that up for free. Yeah. And maybe they were just trying to say, look, this situation that we're dealing with right now does not prove to us that God is angry with us. I, maybe that's what they were saying. You think this billboard was in in response to what the the covid crisis or well, yeah. crime all or kinds of things they're going whatever's on going right on in the now. world yeah. this is not god's judgment this is not he's god's not angry 
But I, the, the message that I really got from it, maybe that's what they were doing, but I really think that what they were trying to say is, look, God doesn't get angry. I could see how some people would walk away from that billboard thinking that. God doesn't get angry. But here's David, and what he understands is God gets angry. Do not rebuke me in your anger. So not only is it uh, a humbling, frightening thought that God is angry, but that he might act out of anger right? to rebuke the one that has angered him. Yeah. Don't rebuke me or discipline me in your wrath. Mm. Don't don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. This is not, by the way, that that old piece of advice that people have given to parents. Hey, don't discipline your kids while you're angry. Whether that's good or bad advice is, is, is not really the point. He's not saying, hey, Lord, you're angry. That's not the time for you to make this decision. Could you calm down and then decide how you're going to act? Well, 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 let me speak to that because I think we tell parents that because when we're angry, there is a great temptation that we do not act appropriately uh, to the situation, right? So instead of acting about justice or discipline for the good of the child, we act out, and it's more that spirit of, I mean, vengeance. Vengeance, yeah, yeah, vengeance. And and now this is more an expression of my feeling than it is actually what you need. The or what is proper, what is proper, what is deserved, what is necessary. The thing about it is, is that what David is actually saying is, you have every right to be angry. Please don't do what I deserve. Don't I? You, yeah. You, you God have the right to be angry here. You. It. it this is not. Hey, I'm really afraid. And the reason why I believe that's the case Mm -hmm. is because I know there's a time when David sins in the census and God gives him three options. Mm -hmm. And David's choice is I'm going to take being put in the hands of God because at least he might be merciful. If I I go with the kings, if he sends other people after us and we have these wars, those guys won't be merciful, but God will be merciful. So when David says, don't rebuke me in your anger, don't discipline me in your wrath, it's not, hey, I'm afraid you might go over the top. It's actually, I'm afraid I might get exactly what I need and deserve. And so I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, don't do, listen, you have every right to be angry. Don't do what I deserve. You're angry. I know it. Please, let's not do what I deserve in your anger. A couple of things on that. Number one, God does get angry. Yeah. And I I think what, what... can I tell you here, at least in the way the New King James rendered it? Tell me. I mean this visceral picture of anger because he says, uh, or the way it reads is, nor chasing me in your hot displeasure. Anger and hot, hot, hot displeasure. Hot displeasure. God gets angry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Well, and David experienced that. We know the life of David. He committed some sins that deserved anger. I don't know all the sins that David committed. I'm pretty sure that he did more than just the two that are highlighted in scripture mm-hmm. with the the sin around Bathsheba and Uriah and then the sin around the census. The census. Uh, but what he recognizes is God gets angry and God is at the very least is the one being in the universe that when he is angry has the absolute right to be angry. It's justified. And that would be one of the good contrasts to draw when we were talking about parents earlier. Uh, God is not going to be tempted to do wrong and to do evil in a moment of anger. Yeah. 
Yeah. In a moment of, yeah, he doesn't get irrational yeah. when he's angry. Yeah. And that can sometimes happen to me. I, I'm just trying to vent my spleen. Certainly. Um, but that's that's not what God does. Th- you know, the interesting thing is here, th- I think of a passage. There's a prophet that I find parallels this in Micah chapter 7 and verse 9. In mm-hmm. Micah, let me get over here, Micah chapter 7. In fact, let me back up here. I'm talking about... Uh, judgments coming on Judah and Israel. Uh, yeah, verse 8. We'll, I'll just start there. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord. That's that's the word anger. I will bear okay. the anger of the, the Lord, of the Lord because I have sinned against him. But catch this. Mm-hmm. Until he pleads my cause. And executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemy will see, and shame will cover her who said to me, Where is the Lord your God? My eyes will look upon her. Now she will be trampled down like mire in the streets. Wow. So here's Judah, mm-hmm. the covenant people of God, Israel, the covenant people of God that are able to say, I've sinned. Mm-hmm. I deserve God's wrath, so I will bear it. Mm-hmm. I will bear it. But here's what I know. I know that mercy is coming because that's the kind of God I serve and I will bear it. I have sinned. I, I don't, I don't know that anyone says this Psalm was written during the time of Absalom. Probably somebody does because I think they say that about almost all the Psalms. <laughs> somebody does somewhere. <laughs> Probably could make a case for it. But again, when he was running from Absalom, knowing full well, this was the displeasure of God. It was yeah. in response to his sin. And what did he do in the midst of that? Shimei is cursing him and he says, I'm just going to take that. Yeah. Because maybe God's told him to. Well, I love this. The Lord I angered is the one who will vindicate me. Yeah. That's powerful. And that I think that's a really important thing to understand about God's covenant people. You know, God gets angry with his covenant people. And so what does he do? He disciplines. But what's the purpose of his discipline? To correct and draw us back in so that he can then put bring down his mercy. And that, that's Micah is is giving that picture. That is the proper response to the anger of God. What we want to do most of the time, though, is just get angry back. How dare you? How dare you? What have I done to deserve this? Yeah. Look at looking at what we've done to deserve bad things instead of wondering about why we have so many good things, so many blessings, which truly we do not deserve. Well, now that's another direction on this entirely that's so important and powerful. Uh, it's I, I use a illustration in some of my sermons. You, you, you ever bought a Coke outside of a Walmart or someplace out of a machine? You know, you buy a Coke out yeah. of a machine. Okay. Yeah. And you put the money in. And you hit the button and nothing comes out. <laughs> and so you go storming in and, you, you know, you hit the get the change back and it won't come back. So you go storming into the store. Your machine stole my money. And you make them either open up the machine and give you the Coke or open up the machine and give you your money. Okay, what about this situation? You put the money in the machine and you hit the button and out pops the Coke. And of course, by the way, look, I mean, I'm from the South. So by Coke, I mean, you were probably getting a root beer or a Sprite or something, you know, anything carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not plugging a particular brand. You're getting your Coke. And as if there was another brand. <laughs> out comes the drink. And as you start to turn away, you start hearing the change drop. Oh. And of course, what do you do then? You say, I'm blessed. You I'm, say, thank you. <laughs> I am blessed. It is my lucky day. And you grab the money and you walk oh. off thinking, you know, I must have done something right. Must have done something right. And then you steal money from the, the store 
or the whoever's machine Whoever that is. Whoever owned that machine, yeah. Because the machine is just as broken then as it was when it didn't give you your drink and yeah. wouldn't give you your money back. But we don't think like that. No. And it, and it shows how skewed our perspective can be. When things are going my way, I don't think this is messed up. Mm-hmm. When it's going my way, I think I'm just blessed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I even think I'm entitled to it. Oh, I must have done something right. Mm-hmm. I must be living right. That must be... Instead of recognizing, you know, when this is really most shocking is the fact that I have good days. That's what's really most shocking because I am a sinner. And so what I should experience all the time is the anger of the Lord. So if I can dovetail the teaching from Micah there with another prophet in Jeremiah 10, verse 23. O Lord, I know the ways of man is not... The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. O Lord, correct me, but with justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. And here's a recognition that life is this growing process. We need God's will to direct us, to teach us, to lead us. At the same time, we're not going to walk correctly. And when we don't, uh, we're needing his mercy. And there's a fear that just as you've been talking about, we've been talking about, yeah, I did anger him. I'm in the wrong. I need him to correct me. I need to do right, but not in your anger. And I don't want to come to nothing. Well, I, I know we have to wrap up here. We're, we're about out of time for our conversation right now. But the, the one thing that I do get from this is that David knows he's, that God is angry. Mm-hmm. He knows he deserves God's anger. Like Jeremiah, he recognizes that if God actually gave him what he deserved because God has every right to be this angry, it would bring him to nothing. nothing. And how awful that would be. But he understands there is only one option left to me. Mm-hmm. Turn to God. Mm -hmm. As you said a few moments ago, the God who is angry with me is the God who will vindicate me, Mm -hmm. who will justify and save me. I want to talk more about that. Let's have a conversation about that tomorrow. That sounds great. That sounds great. And uh, hopefully... you will get to join in this conversation. Let us know what you're reading in the scriptures. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's bow and have prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this day, for the time to open up your word, to read Psalm 6. Father, to learn something about you, uh, to understand and appreciate that the Lord gets angry. And Father, it's a, it's a humbling thing and a frightening thing to know that we anger you, that in our selfishness, in our sin, in our short-sightedness, uh, it, it, it goes against your justice. It's an angering thing, your holiness, and that's an angering thing. And yet, Father, you are so good to be willing to exercise mercy and grace and vindicate those who've angered you. And so we pray, Father, that we might walk circumspectly this day to exercise wisdom, to do those things that please you, that are in line and right with your will. And we pray, God, that you would bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.